Hello, everyone, and welcome to issue number 70 of the Bad Coyote Funky podcast. Tonight, we're going to be talking about Luke Cage in the comics, so you can get caught up just in time for tomorrow on the 30th when the Luke Cage Netflix series hits. Tonight with us, we have a full crew. Joining us, we have the Bearded Menace, Dave. I can't cast that here. We have Chris. What's going on? We have Jason. Hey, hey. And back from the dead, hopefully for quite some time, it's TV's Casey. Sweet Christmas. It's good to be back again. <laughs> I'll be your host for this evening as Serge has been temporarily disabled somehow. <laughs> uh, I'll be your host, Booster Greg. And before we jump right into Luke Cage and comics, we have some nerd news to get out of the way for you fine folks. And the first thing on our docket is that Winston Duke has been cast as the Man Ape in mm. the 2018 Black Panther film. Uh, Man Ape is part of a rival clan to, you know. Uh, Black Panther's reign over Wakanda. Um, it's definitely an interesting choice. Uh, you know, considering Black Panther's got about three villains anybody's ever heard of. <laughs> and he happens to be one of them. Plus, Eric Killmonger's already in the movie, but they're setting him up for a sequel bid, I imagine. Um, that's really it. Uh, Manape's cool. He's huge and he's super strong and he can rumble with the Panthers. So you're not getting your typical cerebral villain here. You're getting somebody who's going full punchies. That's cool. We don't we don't get that often in superhero movies. I find anymore. Like here and there, we'll get a, a couple punches. Like the Incredible Hulk was great punches for the family. Yeah, it was. You got that. You got Curse in Thor two. Yeah. With the punches. Yeah. And the boulder throwies. <laughs> yeah. But, but you kind of you kind of miss it in like Iron Man three, or even like. I don't know. Um, well, Man of Steel definitely had it, but like uh, Superman Returns, totally lacking in any punchies. Um, a lot of the Chris Nolan he... Batman movies, actually, not a lot of punchies going on, except for the Bane fight. Even so, though, that Bane fight was kind of like, I don't know, it's like I've... Batman's supposed to be like the martial arts like king, and in the Nolan movies, I know we're jumping off topic way big for me, yeah. but um, it's like Nolan's never seen a martial art flick. Yeah. Because all of I'm, all like everything was like hidden. When there's gonna be a punching scene, I'll be like, ah, and then they come <laughs> back and like someone's on the floor, you know. <laughs> or people would fall for no reason. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That. yeah. Sure. Strong gusts of wind. <laughs> but I mean, like Civil War had some good punchies, though. Oh, Civil War was all punchies. I, I yeah. think that now that like comic book movies are seeing that we want the punchies, like we want to have those big epic fights. Like we don't just want like Lex Luthor being Lex Luthor all the time. It, that's great in, well, I mean, it's great in moderation, right? You want to have, like, the, the big dumb villains that can be taken out rather easily. You want to have, like, Spider-Man versus Rhino. You don't want to have, like, Spider-Man versus, like, Venom all the time. Or he's, the like, Vulture or something, yeah. right? Yeah, right, yeah, yeah. Right. God forbid. With the Vulture and the Michael Keaton and the new movie. Just that. tickle our punchy button. Yeah, <laughs> just tickle, tickle the my punchy, punchy button. button. Um, brings us into our... Well, actually, before we jump into the next one, uh, Casey, how does Manape get his powers? Uh, I think he gets it by by eating other ape men. Really? And by that, I mean these rare albino gorillas. I'm pretty sure he, like, bathes in their blood or something. Oh, the white That's, apes, yeah. 
that's either that or kind of like how Black Panther gets his powers from a magic herb and a panther god. There's maybe an ape god. Oh, I honestly don't really. I, I haven't <laughs> read too deeply into my my man ape lore. All right, fair enough. Yeah, yeah listen, I, I can I talk heard circles along or, those lines. Yeah, he, yeah, like, he's 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 pretty violent. Yeah, that's he's that's pretty, like that's fucked up. Huh? Maybe that's why he's a, not a he's lot a rough he's a rough stuff. dude. Does, does anybody <laughs> else think mayonnaise when they hear mayonnaise? Mayonnaise, because <laughs> that's I all think I of that can movie Congo. Right oh, <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. sign language <laughs> and the gorilla. I don't know. I just did like Naruto. Thanks for sign language. So sorry. Like one of the things that was brought up in like the post, especially about it on BackHeyFunky.com, was like what the costume's gonna look like for the mayonnaise. You know, like the Black Panther was really updated. I think what they're gonna do is they're gonna put like. He's gonna be riding in t- some type of like gorilla mech, maybe. Maybe you know, mm. like nothing maybe. like the Rhino from Amazing Spider-Man Two, but something more okay, like, kind of like uh, what's his face, Warmonger from the first like well, uh, Iron well, Man. Well, maybe, maybe not because they're they're transitioning into more mystical stuff now, like with uh, True Doctor Strange and even with Ghost Rider now, like yeah, you know, that they're not saying. At least I only watched the first episode of Agents of Shield this season thus far, but they're not saying he's like you know he didn't get it from fish oil. I'll tell you that. <laughs> uh, so they're definitely transitioning, and there was like a, a weird spirit that is starting to like possess um, May on Agents of Shield. So they're definitely going mystical. So they could. I don't know. Like it might not be a mech suit. That's been their trend thus far because they haven't found That's a way true. to realistically put magic in. Right. I'm I'm hedging my bets on mis- mysterious magic ape god. Now that's a good band name. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I mean, ultimately, we will see what it looks like, how they go about it. I hope it's not in a mech suit. Uh, I think actually, if it's more of a mystical, natural-looking thing, it would really offset Black Panther's, you know, sleeker, more I guess mechanical kind of look. Yeah. So that would be a really cool, like you know, nature versus the machine kind of vibe would be going on, which is is always interesting. Uh, brings us into our next point, guys. Bad news, sad news. Sorry to be the bearer of this. Uh, Adventure Time is going to be ending in 2018. Aww. So, this yeah. is not bad news for me at all. I thought Adventure <laughs> Time was over. I'm yep. so tickled right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, if you're like Jason, good news. You have two more years of Adventure Time yeah. than you thought <laughs> you had before. You, you yeah. can only have your heart broken twice in a lifetime. <laughs> <laughs> Um, which is kind of sad. I have, I'm not a big. Uh, I don't watch a lot of episodes of it, but the ones I have watched uh, were usually when I was hungover. So there's a weird mixed relationship there, where <laughs> if I watch it when I'm not hungover, I get hungover. So I haven't uh, been able to watch a lot of episodes, but uh, it was definitely enjoyable, a lot of fun. Uh, they tackle a lot of adult themes um, with humor and in weird, fucked up ways that you wouldn't really think that it was like tackling like abandonment issues or tackling, you know, like growing up or things like that. So it'll be sad to see them go. It's one of the the good recent cartoons. But as we learned from, you know, Johnny Bravo, Powerpuff Girls, any modern cartoon that is worth its weight will end at some point. And that's how it stays good, right? Yeah. Uh, unless you're yeah. Samurai Jack and it's coming back. Right. Yeah. Hey, and more to the point, did you guys know that Gendy Tartakovsky is doing a Luke Cage comic this year? Is that how you say his name? I think so. I've, ne- I've never knew. 
it's kind of like with me and uh, I'm going to butcher his name, Chris. I apologize. With uh, Milo Ventigli, not going to work here anymore. Ventimiglia? Ventimiglia. <laughs> You're the only person here who doesn't know how to say <laughs> it, apparently. Here. it I don't know how to say it. The fuck You're a cunning linguist. About? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, diving into point number three, this season... It looks like we're going to get be getting an Arrow, The Flash, Supergirl, and Legends of Tomorrow super team-up episode galore, which I am really, really excited about yeah. uh, watching all of those shows on a consistent basis. It's going to be great. I wonder if it'll be too much for one episode. I don't know. I don't uh, know. They also like- revealed the villain or a villain species for this particular episode. It's going to be the Dominators, uh, or collectively known as the Dominion. Uh, they're a fictional alien race from the outer cosmos of the DC Universe. They are highly technologically advanced and live in a rigid hierarchy society in which one's caste is determined by the size of a red circle on one's forehead. Hmm. Uh, they are master geneticists who can manipulate the metagene to enhance members of their own caste. So if you want to get like a visual of how they look, think of the Ood from Doctor Who, mm. but yellow. Like they have jaundice, like <laughs> bad jaundice. And they got a big red circle just like right on their forehead. Um, it's pretty much what they look like. Less tentacly mouths, but that, that kind of vibe. Very like eerie, creepy, just like. You look at them and you're just like, you, you can't help but stereotype. Like, you're not good aliens. I know. I know. You're, what a, aliens are you're a reject from an X-Files episode. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> it's like, I've seen good aliens. Abin, sir. That's a good alien. That's a Sinestro, good Sinestro, not so good. You fucking hideous. You must be bad news. At least they don't have, like, the pencil mustaches, right? Right? Um, And, Chris, you have one last thing? Oh, yeah. Uh, the popular game that we all loved when it first came out and pop in every few months to check out EA's Battlefront from Star Wars has released its third <laughs> expansion, uh, the Death Star. So this particular expansion includes uh, a lot more heated space battles, uh, including two part things where you start out in space, kind of trying to attack each other's places. And then you end up actually on a Star Destroyer uh, trying to... Uh, escort R2-D2 to safety. So we see lots of interesting action there. Uh, we also are going to see uh, Chewbacca and Bosk as playable characters. So there's, oh, uh, there's a couple good things. Yeah, I've been meaning it back into like... I, I heard about this today at work and I passed it off like, oh, okay. You know, like, because I haven't really been following, you know, Battlefront for like a while. We stopped playing that game, all of us, whether you play together or not, stopped playing that game a while ago. And this he says will, with his lightsaber ignited. <laughs> but this will like definitely make me get back into it. I mean, it'll probably be the only thing I can afford for the next like year, so I might as well just do the season pass and go and have at it. So I'm happy. I'm happy to do it. I'm excited. How about you guys? Um, I got rid of the game a very long time ago, but um, it would be cool if I still had it and I could play as Chewbacca because that fucking crossbow is dope. Like that thing you saw on Solo shoot that. It's not it's not it's OP. You can't help but make that OP. So I wonder if they're going to bring it back. I know they already have it in the game. It was wasn't it DLC or something? No, it was actually it was like a star card or some shit like that. It was like Oh, you're right. Yeah. Yeah. But I wonder if they're going to have like another one that's like super OP. That'd be great. Well, like the that. star card one, I think it just launched like grenades or some shit like that. It wasn't, I forgot, like it didn't really fire. Oh, yeah. Like I right. thought it would fire. So this is probably going to be yeah, like, 
Yeah. This isn't a fire like a fucking cannon, most likely. If it's anything like what we've seen from the movies. Hmm. That's exciting. I'm Which is pretty super pretty acceptable. Yeah. It's sad I to never... be rid of it, Greg. That, that really makes me sad. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, it had to go. I wasn't playing it and all on it. Like, I, for me, uh, it was like, I always want to call it Battlefield, but I know it's not. <laughs> um, it was one of those things where it was like, it looked gorgeous and I had so much fun with it. But, like, I could never sync up with you guys who were the only people that I knew that had it, really. And mm-hmm. when I was playing it, I was just not having a good time. Like, it's the same problem I actually have with Battlefield, where it's just like, I log in or I, just, I spawn in and I don't see anyone and I die. And I'm like, all right, well, like, what happened? So I log in and I take a couple more steps <laughs> and I fucking die again. And eventually you get oh. your bearings and it's a little more fun. But, like, I never reached, like, the level of excitement for me that other games had reached. And the frustration was still kind of there. So it was just like, yeah, this is, this is going to go. For me, a Star Wars game... Um, or an ideal Star Wars game is more akin to the Force Unleashed. Yeah. Where you just like are a god mode of a Sith slash Dark Jedi and you just get to do whatever you want and chop off Stormtroopers' arms and make them hold hands as they fall off into the distance. <laughs> They're in love. They're just in love. <laughs> give us a campaign! Yeah. I mean, the Death Star is cool and all, but give us a campaign. It's like one of those games kind of like The Division or like Battlefield, for instance, where like if you're not playing with friends, it can get really boring really quick. So I will give you that. Like, yeah. I never played until unless I saw my friends on. I'm like, all right, I'll give it a shot tonight. But still, man, <laughs> I'm miss yeah, fighting. Yeah, I mean, uh-huh. in all honesty, like it, it went towards other games. So you know, the the money I got for it was decent money, and it went towards increasing the collection. So can't be mad about that. Or too mad, but yeah. That will be an adventure you guys will be enjoying without me. Uh, with that being said, that is all the nerd news we have to get out of the way. Guys, I'm going to cue up the music, and I hope you stay tuned for the main part of the podcast where we talk about Luke Cage throughout the ages of comic books. Welcome, welcome to the main portion of the Bad Cody Funky Podcast, issue number 70, Comic Book Club, Luke Cage. Uh, before we jump in and hear all about the, all the wonderful comics we read, I want to give you guys a little bit of a backstory of Luke Cage, or should I say, Carl Lucas. Carl Lucas was born and raised in Harlem and spent his youth in a gang ca- uh, called The Rivals with his friend Willis Stryker. Together, they commit petty crimes and pretty much live in juvenile detention centers, hoping to become a major player in the gang scene. This is the life he leads until he sees how his actions hurt his friends and family and decides to seek a slightly less destructive path. Stryker, on the other hand, rises through the ranks and sticks to his lifestyle uh, that he has grown accustomed to. Despite their divergent paths, the two remain close friends up until the point Stryker blames Lucas for his girlfriend leaving him, which is kind of like, you know, kind of accurate because she did like pretty much fall right into his arms right after. Uh, Stryker then frames Carl Lucas for drug possession, which lands him directly into the big house. Bum, bum, bum. In jail, Lucas ends up signing up to be a uh, test subject for an experimental cell regeneration procedure 
based on the super soldier process. This is sabotaged by a disgruntled guard who hopes to maim or kill Lucas in the middle of the whole damn thing. But instead, it accelerates the whole treatment and gives Lucas the superhuman strength and invulnerability we all know and love. He uses his newfound skill set to escape jail and adopt the name Luke Cage, hero for hire. Luke Cage ends up battling Stryker upon his return. Stryker has turned out to become a mob boss himself, calling himself Diamondback. And Luke Cage ends up taking the life of his former ally at some point. Uh, this is where Luke Cage began, an obvious response to the black exploitation movement going on during the 70s. But where has Luke Cage gone since then? This week, we're putting on a new twist on Comic Book Club and just in time for the Netflix series. Each of these fine gentlemen that are with me today has read at, at least five to six issues of different incarnations of the characters throughout the ages and is going to tell us all about their version. And tonight, we're going to start with Dave, who read the Power Man series uh, that began in 1974. Dave, tell us all about that. So where I start, basically, Luke Cage, a.k.a. Power Man, is just starting off as a hero. Okay? He just got himself a nice costume and everything put together to be the hero he is. Um, I started reading it somewhere like a bit, I want to say issue 14, 15 around there. Mm -hmm. And at this point, he's been around for a bit. Um... However, he's not getting the notoriety he wants to get. Like, the, comp the issue I start off with, he's reading the paper. And, like, Spider-Man's getting the newspaper in the Daily Bugle. Captain America's in it for something. And he flips the fuck out. And he's like, what the hell? Like, Captain America can get a hernia. And it's in all the newspapers. I stopped the mugging and stopped the liquor store being robbed last night. And no one knows who I am. So, at this point is when he starts thinking of, like, names to call himself. Um, and that's where, like... I guess I forget where Power Man comes from at that point, but he starts playing with like, I think one of the names he came up with was the Captain Negro America or something like that. He he came up with, um, but Power Man was the one that kind of like suck, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, so I actually so, I I know where that patent name, and I'm sure Casey does too. Uh, the the code name Power Name has its origin in the term Black Power, actually from ah. it's obviously black exploitation. Uh, character in response to the success of that in this time frame. Uh, Luke decided uh, to call himself that uh, when he, at some point, he just says something like, just chalk it up to black power, man. And then he just takes the last bit of that and that's his code name, essentially. Ah. But pretty cool. Like, I did, I, I did a little bit of research. I did a little bit of research for tonight, guys. So <laughs> I hope you know. everyone is appreciative. In case you didn't <laughs> get that from my freaking monologue that I wrote. Uh, but yeah, like I read that and I was like, oh, I didn't know that. I just thought it was just kind of like, uh, you know, like mm -hmm. Superman, like, you know, superpower or whatever. Yeah, they put it together and that's a thing. I'll admit though, like uh, the art style did look like it was going to be like straight up black exploitation. Like I was thinking mm -hmm. of, you guys ever seen the movie Black Dynamite? Yeah. Yeah. That's what I was thinking of. Like every time he did something, you hear, you see like, I would hear music going, power man, power man. <laughs> But believe awesome. it or not, it really wasn't that. I don't know. Maybe because I have a different view of black exploitation films and grew up on them. Like, but it really wasn't that. It was just I read it more as, and I'm not sure if you guys got this from the one the ones you read. But I got it more as just your average go that average Joe that just got these powers and he's trying to do good for himself and good for other people. You yeah. know. And there's parts in the comic where he will, like, rage out. Like, he's fighting this guy by the name of uh, Cottonmouth, right? 
and Cottonmouth is like the same strength as he is at one some point. And Cottonmouth tells him, um, you can keep on fighting me or you can sit down and listen to my proposal. Any other hero, let's say if we take um, Hulk or even like Wolverine, like any of these angry heroes, they would have kept on probably fighting Cottonmouth until the bitter end. But Luke Cage is like, you know what? I'm not getting anywhere fighting this guy. We're equal. Let me sit down and hear what he has to say. Mm. You know? He does mm. stuff like that. Or when he's like, there's a part where he's breaking into um, Tony Stark's like uh, facility on Long Island. And he doesn't go in there like guns blazing. He actually just like sneaks in there. Like there's like, he, he basically like, um, sits down and he times like how long like the truck's like coming up the road, jumps off like a bridge and lands on a truck without making a noise and rolls underneath the truck and holds onto the bottom of the truck and uses that to get into the facility. Rather than going in like how you would expect the way the character looks, like guns blazing through the front, he actually sneaks in and uses a map that he got to move around in the shadows and do like all this stuff. So he does a lot of cool stuff. That you wouldn't expect, and the way the character is written, it just seems like you're got some just like a dude trying to make it, you know. Mm. And that's like really, really liked about it. Um, he does a lot of cool stuff that he uses the environment around him. And he says a line in the one of the comics I read. He's fighting this guy. Uh, I forget his name, but he's like a steel worker, and he has his gun that shoots like excuse me, shoots like red hot like steel bolts, pretty much. Nice. And you know it doesn't hurt Luke, but it does sting a little bit. And he actually says a line when he gets his shirt messed up again that he says in the that he says in the preview of the series where he says, "Um, you know these shirts are expensive. Silk is not cheap. All right, stop messing up my shirt to like some extent, you know." And I'm like, "Oh, that's great. They got it right from the fucking comic. That's so cool, you know." But again, like even when he's fighting the steel girder guy, he's trying not to kill him. He's just trying to subdue him and stop him. And there's a part where he punches him and he's trying to like hold back his punch and not hit as hard as he can. But of course, he's still getting to his power. So he knocks the fucker like 30 feet off a building, you know, the guy like, well, I'm not sure he died, didn't show a body. So, of course, you know, that still means he's alive at some point. Um, But basically, he was trying not to kill the guy and he ends up like knocking him off a building with one punch. And, you know, yeah. So it's like I didn't see any type of the classic black exploitation stuff at all. He didn't say any type of like, you know, like black exploitation like dialogue like sucker or stuff like that he just talked like a normal guy you know he does call people jive turkey i didn't read that actually the only one i saw what uh the only thing he, he would say is like sugar when he was like fighting someone's like i'll mess you up sugar you know i mm-hmm. guess just to like you know really like dig it in there um but from what i read i didn't really read any of the big like black exploitation stuff i just read it as a guy trying to be a hero yeah that's like interesting because um that's a theme in, and we'll talk about this hopefully a little bit later, but that's a theme with the Netflix series, right? Like he's just a dude who just has these powers and he just tries to do what's right with them. So it's interesting that it that is the soul of the character because I never interpreted that as the soul of the character from my very limited knowledge of Power Man before um, this week. And I mean, don't get me wrong. Like he's still someone who wants to get paid to do, be a hero. Like right, he does right. work for... Um, yeah, he's so, the he's the first enterprising hero that's out there. Spider Man, <laughs> which is he was clever enough to be like, wait, you mean I can pay my rent by doing heroic stuff? <laughs> by issue five, Luke Cage is set up an office. Yeah, man. he's like ready to go on Forty Second Street. Yeah, he does have an office. He does have like a secretary, I guess you'd call him, which is like JD or something like that. The guy's name, but like, even still, with all that, he still does good stuff on his own. You know. Yeah. Like when he fought that that steelworker guy, like he just did it to save someone's life. He wasn't being paid for it. He just hurt someone in, in need, 
and he just jumped up to the top of the building to save like this guy that was about to be killed. That's it. Later on, the guy hired him to defend the buildings and his property, you know, but initially he did it just to be a good guy. So, yeah, he's trying to get paid doing this stuff, but in it, but he still has that heart of a good man, of a hero, trying to do the right thing. Like, well, trying sure, to, I, I guess, mean, like, um, repent for all the bad stuff he did growing up. Yeah, I mean, dude's got to make a living, too, right? Yeah. You know, if you get two birds with one stone, um, why not? There's there's this great bit in uh, in issue nine of, of Hero for Hire, where uh, after Dr. Doom stiffed him on a job where he had him beat up a bunch of robots... These are Doombots pretending to be black Americans in the inner city. Oh, God. Doing the, hus- doing the hustle game. Oh, God. Luke Cage <laughs> beats up these, these, these imitation Doombots, and Dr. Doom takes off back to Latveria before he can get paid. So Luke breaks into the Baxter building, tries to run past the Fantastic Four, steal a jet to fly to Latveria. <laughs> they end up letting him borrow it. Just because they kind of want to see what he's going to do. He walks right up to Doom's castle, bashes through, I can't tell you how many robots and soldiers, until he gets right in front of him. And Doctor Doom gives him the best, maybe one of the best lines in all of comics, is, When my men reported a crazy black man in the Fantastic Four's craft, I knew it had to be you. And Luke just says, Where's my money, honey? $200. He flies across an entire ocean. (laughs) That's and he beats the shit out of Doctor Doom. <laughs> He's a hero in my book. And he gets paid. He gets his money, honey. That's, I mean, look I mean, at it this way. $200 in the 70s is a lot of money. $200 is a lot of money now. <laughs> yeah, but I mean, like, he spent more money getting there than what Did he, he actually though? collected. Did well, he not his money. money not there? his money, no. It's like, <laughs> he doesn't care, ultimately. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I mean, he just uh, borrowed, like, the Fantastic Four's jet, so really didn't spend anything. They're just like, here, take it, so. <laughs> uh, I mean, I guess he lost more money in lost wages than he did, if you think about it, if he took up another case. It, mm. It's the principle of the thing. It's the principle yeah. of the matter. Luke Cage is a man about the principles. Cool. Uh, that brings us to Chris, who we jump about 20 years uh, what was it? Your, yours uh, took place or was written in the 90s, and you read uh, Cage. Yeah, so I read Cage. Uh, I read issues one through six. Um, I actually accidentally read Jason's run before I realized that Greg told me not to read that. <laughs> so then I went back and read these ones as well. Um, so I thought it was kind of funny because the first few pages of it, or the first page, uh, is talking about um, like his past and how he was in prison and how basically the, the entire backstory in prison was Power Man decided not to be Power Man and, and decided to set up this thing uh, Hero for Hire and I was just like kind of laughing to myself like oh so I'm now coming in after all the extremely interesting stuff <laughs> that happened to everything uh-huh. um, so basically this all comes in and uh it all starts off where he is, you know, hero for hire, and he's been hired to actually uh, be a bodyguard at a picket line, and he just happens to, there are guys that are robbing, like, the place next door or something along those lines, um, and he goes after them, and it turns out this one dude is very, very well armed, basically ready for Luke. Um, this guy with this almost, like, diamond-looking armor, um, okay. hilariously purple outfit, phenomenally purple outfit. <laughs> um, and his name is Hardcore. Uh, and he's basically a guy who has a bunch of really specialized weaponry um, meant to tackle all sorts of different situations. So he's basically ready for, for Luke. Um, 
and basically after this whole tussle, Hardcore gets away and and flies off, and uh, it turns out that this, um, I wrote it down because I forgot the name of it, uh, that this newspaper, the Chicago Spectator, um, has decided that their big national launch um, strategy is going to be to actually follow Luke Cage around uh, in his various uh, jobs that he's going to be doing. Hmm. So uh, this team from the Chicago Spectator uh, has said, hey, uh, if we get you jobs, can we get the story? Can we follow you and get the exclusive? And Luke agrees. And that kind of seems to be what sets up this whole series is, hey, uh, yeah, I'm here for hire. However, basically the whole thing is getting narrated uh, by these reporters that are following him around. That's that's really cool. I forgot to touch upon this. Dave, what was Luke Cage's costume in your run? His costume was his original costume with like kind of like I guess you could say like the steel tiara. Yep. The steel stuff like a, like um bracers. Yeah. The, cuffs. Yep. the hmm. cuffs. The silk shirt with the open chest and a chain mm-hmm. around as a belt. The the yellow shirt, right? Yep. Yeah, that yellow classic silk look. shirt. Uh and yep. now Chris, what what was he uh what was his garb of choice in your run? Uh, this dude is wearing some jeans. Uh, he's got a red shirt, and over that he has a black jacket. Interesting. And it seems so, like he always throws the black jacket aside during every scuffle, which kind of cracks so, me up. So one might say it's there because it's the 90s, and, and who doesn't have a black leather jacket? <laughs> yeah, you are correct. In the 90s. <laughs> all, all, of the, all of the X-Men and Avengers who traded in anything they had for brown leather jackets? Yeah, that's true, too. Uh, but you also had like Superboy who came out around this time too in DC Comics who literally has a leather jacket with an S on it. That's his big claim. You have uh, any Jim Lee character at that point, right? Huge trend that Jim Lee set with the all the yeah jackets. all the dudes in Wildcats and Wildcats. Yeah. They're, they're packing jackets. Yeah. Um, so Chris, what was? Um, tell me about your like. I know you already said the story about your location, but where, what's your, where's his head at? What's his mentality? So he pretty much is just focusing on like, hey, this is my job. So like if someone pays me, I'm just going to I'm just going to go for it. Um, what ends up happening in part, what looks like it's, it's kind of the overarching theme of the whole thing, aside from the fact that he's being followed by newspaper reporters, um, is that the newspaper has hired a uh, detective named Dakota North. And I couldn't figure out if her name was North Dakota or Dakota North, but it's Dakota <laughs> North. Um, and... She, it turns out, has some backstory on uh, his father, that his father may not. Basically, he was very upset because while he was imprisoned, his father died thinking that he was guilty. Um, And so he one of his main motivators is, hey, like my father should be proud of me of what I'm doing now. Um, And it turns out that he may not have died and that she has some information and is trying to dig up some information on his father. Wow. Um, there was some really uh, some kind of interesting themes, like the second episode. Uh, episode, wow, second issue, episode issue. Let's yeah, it's the same thing. It's all good. Um, yeah, so whatever. Imagining it's a TV show. Uh, <laughs> the second issue actually has him being a bodyguard uh, at a rap show for this guy MC Large, and the rap show is invaded <laughs> by basically a group of uh, white supremacists in Iron Man, like a goofy Iron Man like armor, uh, huh. that are trying to take out. MC Large throughout the whole thing. Um, so there's some uh, interesting themes there. Uh, 
And we also had a, an, an appearance by the Punisher uh, for what I still have no reason why he ended up being there. <laughs> but he just kind of shows up. Um, can't figure out whether Luke Cage is a good guy or a bad guy. It's, the next page decides he's a good guy. And then they're, you know, fighting uh, the enemies That's ridiculous. At the time. I'm sorry. That's yeah. Ridiculous. It was it was pretty uh, it, it was there. It was just like, you know, Cage meets the Punisher. And it was kind of funny. The Punisher is in there because it's the 90s and it's Marvel Comics. That's why. This <laughs> <laughs> is pretty much probably it. Uh, that brings us over to Jason. Yeah. And I love that I put you guys in chronological order. So I don't even need to look at my notes anymore. This is great. This is fantastic. I love it. Uh, he read what Chris read first, which was Cage Max, which is. Uh, 2002, written by none, none other than Brian Azzarello of 100 Bullets fame. Uh, so, Jason, why don't you tell us about the Luke Cage you read? Oh, uh, this is sexy. This <laughs> is so sexy. Oh, my God. Tell us any, more about it, man. Any any sort of comic, first of all, that starts off with shit happens is I'm just hooked. You have me. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> uh, this Luke Cage, and I was just disappointed when I found out about this. That this has nothing to do with Nicolas Cage. Uh, I wanted it to be that so badly. <laughs> um, but anyway, I could get over it. Um, <laughs> Luke Cage couldn't care about any, like, he couldn't care less about anybody else, right? Like, he can't be bothered. This thing starts off in a place called the Wiggle Room, and he's in a titty bar. Uh, and yes. he's watching strippers through a mirror, which is very interesting to me. Um, I, I don't know why. Just a second perspective. Maybe he wants to feel somebody behind him and also see somebody in front of him. I don't get it. It's cool, though. Um, his story <laughs> is that he takes on a job um, for a lady who he kind of deems as a liar. And this lady has lost her daughter um, from a straight bullet through some turf war. Uh, he basically, to just sum it up for you really quickly, he goes through and he just kind of finds out who's the two gang leaders in the area. Um, he kind of plays the role of bodyguard for both of them um, until he finds out what they're really battling over. And then it kind of ends as him just being like, oh, by the way, I'm bulletproof. <laughs> like, as he's about <laughs> to get shot up by everybody. Um, it's really, it's fascinating, you know, but, uh, you could tell that like they left you hanging for him to like a, for a serious, uh, ass kicking. Um, the story kind of plays through of him trying to like asking questions and talking to people. People don't want to give him answers. Uh, so he fucks them up. It's great. You know, there was a moment where somebody put a bullet, a uh, gun to his head, didn't care at all. Right. And that kind of alluded to, all right, like he's not going to get harmed at all by this. Uh, it was really cool. Um, yeah, he's a man of all vices, though. You know, he's it's really cool to see him like, like again, be that hero for hire, um, but also to be in a bar and start talking to the the barkeep, and he's using her as more of like an informant, um, and he's drinking a beer, and he's like, hey, like the place is closing, I got to get out of here. Uh, this this bartender, she's like, you want to stay upstairs? What is it? She's like, it's my apartment. He goes, oh, you're oh yeah. He's like, you offering me your couch? And she says, no. Yeah, and he's like, yeah. it was it was on. Yeah, <laughs> it was, it, like, it was the floor. She doesn't have a couch. It was the floor. It was an air mattress. Yeah, she was an air mattress. <laughs> yeah, and a nice blanket. It was that that Airbnb had to inflate himself. <laughs> yeah, it was an Airbnb. She charged him, um, <laughs> and then looked at him while he was sleeping. No, uh, he's like, oh, that's rather forward. And she's like, you know, who's got time to be anything but else? You know. Uh, and then, like the next morning, you just see a naked lady just cooking a breakfast, and she's like, "By the way, my name's Dixie." <laughs> nice. And it's just a, like I said, it's a sexy, it's a sexy comic book. I think I was the right one picked for this. God damn um, it! 
So, yeah. <laughs> I feel yeah. like I missed out. God damn so, it. So, oh. like, um, a little bit of behind the scenes for our, our listeners slash viewers. Um, when we're doing Comic Book Club, it was, it was always a challenge doing Comic Book Club because it's always like, you know, what do we do? How do we do this? Especially with Luke Cage because there's no, in my opinion, definitive Luke Cage story that you read, right? And there's no, like, there's nothing that this is going to be really based off of. With Jessica Jones, it was super easy because you read Alias, right? With um, Spider-Man or Iron Man or any of those, like, you get a taste of what that general storyline is going to be and you, you pick kind of pick and choose. With um, Batman v Superman, it was obviously influenced by The Dark Knight Returns, so we read that. This one, I was like, shit, there's no like real like definitive whatever, so I was like, oh, let's just read Where's them all. Where's that must-read Luke Cage? <laughs> <laughs> um, it, it, it's just like you got to like go them all, so I was like, oh, like let's let's hand this out. Let's hand out like, like assignments. Like I felt like uh, Robin Williams in um, Dead Poet Society, where I'm just like, oh, <laughs> this is just for you but with it, between dave and jason it was tough because i know dave would appreciate max but i also knew that dave would appreciate like the old school art and like the yeah. vibe to it too so that's where i was kind of like yeah like and you know like dave never gets to start on a podcast so it's like you know let's let him start too let's let's kind of get that going um Jason, what did Luke Cage wear? What was his costume, his garb? The best way that I can describe his garb is he's pulling off what Ali G wants to pull off. <laughs> <laughs> like he's wearing his rose color, uh, yeah, his rose-colored sunglasses, right? He's got a set of headphones on the whole time and he's got a skull cap on. Um, he's got a cut-off like denim jacket it looks like uh, with no t-shirt underneath. Like, this guy nice. just looks cool. Uh, he looks like he's pulling off again what Ali G cannot. Um, yeah. But uh, he's always listening to music, it seems like. Except when he's, you know, naked eating breakfast. But, yeah. <laughs> one of the funny awesome. things I thought was uh, the one of the covers of the Max series actually just looks like the Magic Mike cover. Just, like, <laughs> right, with the abs. All abs. Yeah. Abs. <laughs> so many abs. So one of the other, th the other things, because I accidentally read both, because God knows I know how to follow directions. Um, <laughs> and you know how to read. And I know how to read, so that's a plus, I guess. Um, <laughs> but one of the things I thought it was interesting, and I think, Casey, you can correct me on this if I'm wrong, is that Max takes place in kind of an alternate universe of this. It doesn't seem like it's the same continuation. I found this out about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> Apparently, it's in the main universe. Seriously? It, although I don't think that it can be, because he's... Weird pretty doughy and weak i mean doughy might just be speaking yeah. for richard corbin's art in this but uh you know you punch you know i don't care how big that that guy is you don't you, you know the, who he fights in it you don't punch luke cage and he starts to bleed yeah. like this is a guy who yeah. literally hits you with that nobody makes me bleed my own blood because he doesn't <laughs> bleed because his skin's unbreakable yeah um and then also tombstone's in it and yeah. yes tomb tombstone is an albino but he's also not just a regular crime boss. He's a crime boss who's like basically made of concrete and can play punchies with Spider-Man. Hmm. <laughs> yeah. so, so it's he was in mine bit, though. Which, uh, that's what I thought was interesting. Was Tombstone was actually in my run as well as a different as a different character, uh, as well as the other kind of big boss of the Max series uh, was a guy called Hammer, and actually the kind of white supremacist group in my run was also called Hammer. So that's why mm -hmm. I thought it was two different ones. 
It's a weird, it's a weird coincidence, but mm. I, I approached it like you, thinking that it's its own thing. Because all the Max books are pretty much their own thing. Punisher Max is its own thing. Yeah. The Fool Killer thing they did a while back is its own thing. The Terror Inc. thing they did is its own thing. The Nick Fury Max book they did is its own thing. The War Machine book they did is its own thing. Hmm. So, listen, I don't really care what the wiki says on this one, which is sacrilege for me because I'm <laughs> devoted to that website. <laughs> but... It it feel it's a standalone story. I would treat it as its own thing. Is he bulletproof? Is he not? Like that's yeah. why the book ends on a cliffhanger because you don't really know. Yeah. Well, that's the thing too with uh, like Azarello's work is I think it starts off as like a unofficial like this is an offshoot alternate reality, uh, but it gets so good and like so it, it takes so many different aspects of characters and combines them and makes them even better that sometimes they get treated as canon. Um, his. Like his, Joker, like his Joker right? run? Yeah, exactly. Here, like here's that. my question for you guys, because I'm not sure if he says it in your runs, but how much does your Luke Cage weigh? 300 pounds. <laughs> he he yeah. weighs 300 pounds? Because mine weighs 300 pounds also. I thought that was yeah. pretty big. That's fucking huge. That's a big Every deal. time he gets knocked off his feet, I can't believe they lifted all 300 pounds. <laughs> Maybe he's not actually 300 pounds. He's like 250, but he just wants to round up to sound even more badass. Even still, <laughs> man, 250 pounds of solid muscle. That's a lot of fucking yeah. muscle. That was verbatim what he his, says. He's in one of his for, in one of his team ups with Iron Fist. I I caught him saying all four hundred pounds of me, and I'm like, I think he's embellishing this guy. <laughs> like that smaller athlete that just wants to say he's really like six yeah. two. You know what I mean? He's padding his combine <laughs> score. He's, he's like, like six one and a half. How tall is he supposed to be anyway? Well, he's tall. I'm pretty sure he's taller than Captain America, so he's got to be bigger than six two. Mm-hmm. So he's yeah, and, at least six this, four. And Max, I noticed like he's real stocky. Like he's a lot shorter. I feel yeah than than as he is in the other series. That yeah. also and that's, felt- a, that's the thing with comics, though, too, is, like, body type is variable. Like, if yeah. you look at Superman in comics, he's had, like, your standard, like, actual realistic Jack guy look, and then he's also had his, like, Ed McGinnis, like, he could rival the Hulk in terms of stature. Oh, <laughs> right, I would love stuff. to see an Ed McGinnis drawn Luke Cage. Oh, man, that might I be I feel like we, we may have gotten that in the, uh, the Death of Captain America miniseries because yeah. he did the Avengers issue. Um, Luke Cage is billed at six foot six and four hundred and twenty-five pounds. Six six, Jesus, pure muscle. That's a big dude. He's a he's a large fella. Sweet Christmas. That's a big dude. He's a big guy. Yeah, the Max series seemed pretty interesting because it also felt more like um, it felt more like a noir type of piece than kind of a straight comic book. Yeah, and that was another thing, too. Um, Marvel did a series. I didn't read his uh, one for that, but they did a series line that was called Marvel Noir, and it was all of their heroes that took place in a noir setting. So I happened to read have read the Spider-Man one, in which Peter Parker uh, was a reporter who, instead of getting bit by a radioactive spider, um, watches thieves try to steal this like spider totem of some kind and gets in imbued with the power of a spider god or goddess or something like that huh um so they all look really cool there is a luke cage noir i couldn't find a copy to send to you guys yeah uh, to read that for this and it was kind of alternate reality anyway so i didn't want to go too much into it uh but they totally have that whole thing and it's like the ones i've read have been super cool and really interesting and like it's uh it's it's basically the same the funny thing is that Luke Cage's story is almost timeless, yeah. as long as there's ever been organized and urban crime. Yeah. Uh, it's just shifted back to the Prohibition era. Oh. Same thing. 
Yeah. Hmm. That's really Willis, cool. Willis Stryker is still the famous crime boss. Sure. Luke Cage is the guy trying to do right. Huh. Sure. It's pretty... It works. So it makes you it wonder, like, works. how he gets, like, his unbreakable skin and stuff. You think it's, like, also mystical? Or is it mystical also? You'll have to read it and find out. Oh, Casey. <laughs> God damn, Casey. You know, you you know I can't read. Well, I with know. that, it, it could go either way, right? Like, you know, these stories originated, these comic book stories like Captain America originated around that time frame, right? So you could still have the same exact, um, like, storyline, origin story, how he got his powers for that, whereas Spider-Man's a little more like radioactivity and stuff like that, right. I, guess, I think is more... The wonders of atomic science. Yeah, we get we get more of that, more Iron Giant of that kind of style, which is a fucking fantastic movie. If no one's seen that, you need to watch that immediately. Brad Bird, um, rock. And his, I don't remember what his costume looked like in noir, but it, I find what's interesting is he had top hat. Oh, did he? That's that's. Oh, awesome. It's like you know, I don't I don't want to say it's a fedora because people have ruined it, but he's <laughs> he looks the he the looks lady? a regular regular dapper fellow for. Uh, for 1938. So again, a regular guy for that time period. Ah, uh, yeah. Huh. Right? Yeah, see this, see this trend kind of forming? Yeah, it's all like I planned it or something. God, I would love to or see something. a scene, especially in the noir series. Damn it, now I wish we read it. We should try to read it for next week. But um, Yeah, I mean, totally could. Um, but we I have enough. We have to, to watch all those episodes. Someone, they have like a Tommy gun just unloading on them. Uh, and he's just like, nope, 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 nope. <laughs> If you want to uh, see more of this noir storyline and don't like to read comics for whatever stupid reason and you're listening to this, I get really angry about that. Sorry. Um, <laughs> Spider-Man Dimensions game, Shattered Dimensions. Remember that game? Yeah. Uh, that featured Spider-Man noir in that, which was voiced by the same dude who did the voice of Spider-Man in the 90s cartoon. No shit. Really? Yeah. Huh. Fun fact about that game. I love this game. I'll talk about this at no end. And we have some time to kill before we move on to Casey. So we're in good. Uh, I can talk about this. Spider-Man Noir, every single voice actor in that game that voices Spider-Man voiced Spider-Man at one point in their career. No So it starts shit. with Neil Patrick Harris as the oh, original yes. um, Spider-Man that you play as, who did it for the MTV uh, cartoon. You yep. have the dude, I don't remember his name, but who did it for the 90s cartoon. Um, you have uh, the guy who did the voice of Ultimate Spider-Man, uh, Josh, what's his name? I can't remember his name right now. Josh um, shit. He, Josh shit, yeah, that's his name. Uh, I can't remember his name, but he, Josh Keaton. He did the voice of Spectacular Spider-Man, which is an awesome Spider-Man cartoon. Definitely go watch that. And there was one more. Oh, the one who did for Spider-Man 2099 is the guy who did the voice of Spider-Man in Spider-Man and His Amazing Friends from the 70s, I believe. Oh, Spider-Friends. Spider- Mid-80s, yeah. Yeah, mid-80s, yeah. Uh, with with uh, Iceman and what's-her-face? Firestar? Firestar. Firestar. So that's a cool little fun trivia when you're at GameStop and you're looking at the Xbox 360 $5 or less bin and you can say, hey, I know this is about a thing. You're welcome. (laughs) Uh, Which brings us into modern times and Casey. Casey didn't read any definitive um, modern comics, but he's been reading. He's more up on Marvel Comics than I'll ever be. Um, Casey, why don't you tell us from Alias, which was the Jessica Jones comic, onwards about how Luke Cage has turned in the well well, first of all we we glossed over a huge thing yes and it's coming in the midway of dave's run Mm -hmm. at about issue 48 talking about iron fist of of power man talking about iron fist yep these guys next to blue beetle and booster gold are the bar none best team up in comic books they're great can i just say one thing before you go casey and it's in subject 
for a while, I was considering rather than us doing like Sabretooth and Wolverine one year for Comic Con, Power Man and Iron Fist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but continue. That'd be great. Okay. Oh man, that's really so. The, that's really these two, like, unlike kind of Blue Beetle and Booster Gold, who is like my favorite duo in comics, these two are super mismatched, right? Luke Cage and Iron Fist. Luke Cage is a man of the people. Um, he does what's right. He's your everyday Joe. And Iron Fist is like, and I don't read a lot of Iron Fist comics. Admittedly, I've read all of um, the the run of the Immortal Iron Fist. But that's all you need. That's really all you need. <laughs> but he's like, he's is in on paper. He's a spoiled rich brat who is a master martial artist now. Like these mm. two opposites collide, and he's changed his ways since you know his accident that let him uh, that left him stranded. In the, was it Himalayas? Casey? Yes, the the accident that had him punch the heart out of a dragon. Yes, <laughs> ridiculous. Uh, no, you're right. He ends up in the mystical city of Kunlun. Yeah, which is very far and somewhere in China. It's another dimension. It's in a vaguely Orient style place, um, and he gets training just like his father before him in the ancient ways of the Iron Fist. I thought he was an airplane accident. Am I wrong on that? I don't even remember. I thought, I thought he, it was he winds up there somehow. Oh, totally. Remember the Netflix uh, commercial or trailer? Oh, yeah. It's totally an accident that he, he got stranded there. Yeah. I thought, yeah. I was like, is that Cyclops or is that Iron Fist? And it's <laughs> Cyclopist. If he, if he lands on his head, Cyclops. it's Cyclops. <laughs> Iron Fist. If his eyes explode, are... it's Cyclops. If his fists explode, it's Iron Fist. <laughs> the, the cool thing about both of these characters is that they're, they're both very much a product of their times. Like, Luke Cage is the black exploitation hero, uh, and Iron Fist is the weird 1970s obsession with white guys learning kung fu. Mm. Yeah. Um, Steve McQueen. And it's not, it's not David Carradine this time. Nope. Uh, which is cool. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, you, you put them together, they're, they're kind of an odd couple-like pair. They equip, they got Banner. Uh, they're, the first time they ever team up, they also team up with the Daughters of the Dragon, which is Misty Knight and Colleen Wing, who are basically the Power Man and Iron Fist, but chickified versions. Very cool in their own right. Um... And it's a partnership that's lasted until the modern day in comics. So they've been, they're coming up on their 40th anniversary as, as being buddies. Wow. Cause they, I want to say it was not like maybe 1978, 1979 where they teamed up for the first time. Unless I got my dates wrong, but I'm close. Uh, but yeah, good on them. Um, to bring us to the modern day, uh, alias, if you have dabbled into Jessica Jones at all, follows the private eye detective life of one Jessica Jones retired superhero who, in a drunken one-night stand, shares a bed with Mr. Luke Cage. <laughs> in a particular and, uncomfortable spot. And he, you mean like the back of have, Volkswagen? They have sex <laughs> in a uncomfortable place for an entire page. <laughs> a um, great page in history. Yes. Terrible. And uh, they kind of just let it slide for a while, and nothing really happens until one day she goes to talk to Matt Murdock, a.k.a. Daredevil, about a case, and Luke is working the door to his law office as a bodyguard. Because at this point in time, Daredevil's secret identity has gone public, and a lot of people are, are gunning for him. Mm-hmm. You know, and listen, as, as part of the superhero community and being a lawyer in Manhattan, you've got a lot of super friends in high places. So you can afford to keep somebody like Luke Cage on retainer for people coming in and out of your office. 
they have a bit of an awkward chat outside, and uh, she kind of gives that playing hard to get sort of thing where she really doesn't like him and he's just kind of like well i don't really care but there's there there's the spark there's that start of attraction there that maybe there could be something more between these two and it really hits a point when the purple man enters her life again and once she deals with that she realizes that you know luke can be this weird kind of staple in her life somebody she could really count on and then they follow up and start a relationship one thing leads to another, and a baby gets made. Huh. Um, <laughs> Jessica Jones is actually rocking the pregnant belly for a fair bit in comics. Um, well, I mean, yeah, you got to do, like, comic book timelines, right? So multiply it by whatever. Bart Simpson's still nine years <laughs> a old. Couple, so a couple, a couple means... of years, yeah. <laughs> nine months is really four years, right? Yeah, pretty much. This, uh, this was followed up on in a book called The Pulse, which came right off the heels when Alias ended. Um, was that and, still Bendis that wrote that? I don't remember. Oh yeah, oh. the whole he's he ran he wrote Jessica Jones pretty much since day one. He's still writing time. Jessica Jones. Some might he's say he's still writing Jessica. Yeah, he's working on it, <laughs> collecting collecting the sweet royalties. Oh god, that he's not getting from that awful Powers television. Show. <laughs> uh, uh, womp, womp. Yeah, that was a cheap shot. I'm yeah, sorry, yeah. Bendis. That's he high high. He high-fived me on an escalator once. I can't fault him. Yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, so uh, pregnant for four years, has the baby. Pregnant for four years, has the baby. And, of course, they name it Danielle, Danny. Ah, uh, romance. Bromance. This is where we cue the um, Guy Love song from Scrubs, by the way. Guy Love, that's all, that's all it is. is. Guy Love, he's <laughs> my love, his. There's nothing gay about it in our eyes. Missed opportunity to no not man's. have Turk and JD go as Power Man and Iron Fist. Oh, oh my god. Right? Oh. See? Oh, okay. Anyway. Make it go so, on. Internet. Make it so. Uh, Resume. So he's, he's in, he has the baby, he goes to the Avengers at some point, right? Yeah, he, he has joined the Avengers at this point, actually. There was a big breakout at the Raft, which is on uh, Rik- the real-world equivalent of Rikers Island. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, it's, uh, it's, a bit of a, it's a bit of a superhero hoedown. About 42 villains bust out of this place, and it takes a combination of Luke Cage, the Sentry, Spider-Woman, Jessica Jones, Daredevil, Captain America, Iron Man, and Spider-Man to get it done. And later the team joins up with uh, Wolverine at some point in the Savage Land, but hmm. he's just there to make money. Hmm. So Luke becomes a real staple of the Avengers, and this is this is probably his his first major experience on a team that isn't the heroes for hire, uh, which in the 90s, while he was having his black jacket solo adventures, he was on a payroll with a bunch of other heroes with Iron Fist doing management stuff. But he's doing the real hero thing this time, and again, not wearing a costume, just wearing his, you know, his street clothes, kicking ass, taking names, you know. Um, but this was for a lot of people their first exposure to Luke Cage because New Avengers was kind of a big deal when it came out. It was right after House of M. It was right after Avengers Disassembled. So the Marvel Universe was in a weird place, transitioning from X Men being the big thing to Avengers being the big thing, and it gave. Bendis an opportunity to put you know characters in there that you wouldn't normally see Luke Cage being one of them there's a, there's a great scene in one of the early issues where they, they basically catch Electro with his pants down in the middle of the street <laughs> and they, they get him inside a force field bubble and he, he looks at Spider-Man and he goes Spidey what do you do to deal with this clown and he goes 
I pretty much web up my hands and and punch him real hard. <laughs> oh no! And, he, and and Luke Cage has Spider Man web his fists, and there's a beat panel where Electro is looking at him terrified, and he just goes, "Open the bubble," <laughs> and he faints. He just faints on the spot. It was great. Um, That's awesome. But he he at yeah, out of all the Avengers who came and went, I want to say in the in the past eleven years. Luke Cage has pretty much been a mainstay. As far as I'm aware, he never left an active Avengers team. Yeah, um, yeah and I mean, I guess whether you count them as official Avengers or not, he was anti-registration during Civil War. Right. Um, so he teamed up with Captain America then. Which, the, which is interesting he, for a guy who doesn't really have a secret identity. Right. right? Like, he he could have just registered and it would have been life as normal. But it kind of goes again to, like, the... He is, like, the everyman for Marvel Universe almost. More so than Spider-Man in terms of his mentality. Like, I guess, like, a lot of people say Spider-Man would be us if we had superpowers in the Marvel Universe and were somewhat competent at using those superpowers. Um, but Luke Cage is, like, thinking about, like, the people. He's a man of the people. Um, almost like a Robin Hood, but not kind of thing, in my opinion. So he chose to go on a side that... He's Robin of the Hood. He's Robin. <laughs> You're welcome. This is why we can't have nice things, Chris. This, yeah, this, mm-hmm. It's that. You can't set me up uh, like that. <laughs> but, like, he, he went out of his way to, like, champion a cause that he felt was right. And that's his belief. Like, he believes if he... Uh, you have to do what's right. You know, he learned from, you know, he thought his father died thinking Luke Cage was a guilty man. So that's very interesting, Casey. But I'm sorry, continue. Yeah. Uh, so he's been a, a real mainstay on the Avengers. And um, whether it was the new Avengers that operated in secret at a Doctor Strange's house or, you know, he led the new Avengers in the heroic age. So after Dark Reign happened and Norman Osborn you know, made the a whole bunch of bad guys the Avengers. Luke Cage was still working with the team, and when the Avengers became the Avengers again, Tony Stark sold them the mansion for a dollar. <laughs> a dollar which he didn't have on him at the time, and he borrowed from Iron Fist. <laughs> a dollar nonetheless. It was a, it was a great bit. It's, um, it's great to have and, a rich buddy sometimes. Yeah, and, and Captain America <laughs> even gave him, like, full choice of whoever he wanted on the team. No Did shit. Iron Fist make him pay the dollar back? With interest, He'd eventually, yes. <laughs> Not with interest, but, Not with interest, but right, he right. he he held it against him. He's like, "Listen, like you still owe me a dollar and or a mansion." <laughs> <laughs> um, That's great. It's hilarious. Yeah. And or a mansion. As far as the Avengers goes, that'll bring you up to speed. He's been on that team for years, mm. and they even kind of loaned him out to the Thunderbolts for a while. Mm-hmm. Uh, and the Thunderbolts are basically, if you haven't read the book, and you should. Because it's fantastic. Uh, heroes that are either working off a of parole or they're just trying to do the right thing to be heroes in their own right. Because, you know, the grass is always greener on the side where you're not thrown behind bars. Sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, so they, they send Luke Cage as basically the Avengers liaison to kind of whip these guys into shape and be a field leader. And he does a pretty good job with the hand that he's dealt. Um, but when the teams get to the point where they're jumping across space-time because of some kind of mystic accident, it kind of goes off the rails and out of his control. Then he had to deal with all the fear itself stuff, and in Axis, he had his personality flipped to be more of, like, an uptight businessman. What? Which faded... Yeah. See, everybody forgets that because he didn't have his own book at the time. 
That's crazy. Iron Man, yeah, Iron Man turned into a dick. Carnage turned into a hero. Well, Hobgoblin turned into so a hero for her. Wasn't much of a change. Nah, nah, but he was a dick who was charging people to be beautiful for money. Oh god. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, but Luke Cage became like a businessy kind of guy, and he was a real jerk, and it it didn't really stick because I guess it didn't have the pull of the other like inversion, right. you know, inverted personalities. Yeah. Um. And then he started teaming up with Iron Fist again this past year, you know, with uh, in the all-new, all-different Marvel, which for the Iron Man and uh, the Power Man and Iron Fist book, it's all the same all over again. Mm. But it's really well done. Um, uh, they bring back old villains. You know, they it starts with the two of them rejecting the idea of teaming up again because Cage is like, ah, oh, I'm a family man now. I don't have time for this. And... They're both aching to get back into the superhero game, and it it's a very fun book. Hmm. That's awesome. Hmm. Uh, what is his costume? What is what is Luke Cage's costume in modern times? Modern times? This guy's wearing a three-piece suit. Oh yeah. Nice. Oh yeah. Nice. I've also he, seen um, yellow t-shirt. Yellow t-shirt with... Uh, not quite a not. Sometimes he'll wear the Thunderbolts jacket, but he's still got the silver bracers on his wrists. Nice jeans, right? Jeans, right. C- combat boots. Nice. Dude's always ready for for action. So, nice. what is pretty interesting about uh, Power Man, unlike his BFF Iron Fist, he doesn't have a set costume. Not really. Like when we think of Luke Cage, a classic Luke Cage, we think of the yellow shirt with the popped collar and the gauntlet and the tiara. Uh, but they haven't really used that in quite some time. And there's always like an homage to it, right? There's, except for Chris's run, which was just like no yellow in it whatsoever. But there's sometimes like there's yellow or some bling of some kind um, prominent on that. And he seems to have evolved based on what is popular at that point. He's a very like expendable character with his personality in terms yeah. of how he talks. Uh, but his actions always remain true. They're always the same thing. Um, he's just a regular dude who's got powers. And we see that actually in uh, Jessica Jones on the Netflix's Jessica Jones, which I thought was interesting because I, again, wasn't a big uh, Power Man fan. So I've read very little of Luke Cage in comics. And when I saw my Coulter's kind of like interpretation of it, I was like, ooh, I don't know how I kind of feel about this because he i think he says sweet christmas once and it's before he, the he does it after he does it right after they have sex yeah oh yeah right after yeah um he doesn't have the tiara at all he's not really rocking the yellow too much that i noticed but now as we're seeing more of these trailers that we're going to be you know that we have posted on back but also we're watching netflix tomorrow it'll be out um the Luke Cage series, we see, start seeing that, right? We have that origin story where he literally has the tiara strapping his head back to the thing behind him, which gives him his powers. So I'm getting more optimistic about this kind of stuff. Um, speaking of optimism, guess what time it is, guys? Uh, like like 11 o'clock. Adventure time. 11, 11, <laughs> like 11 o'clock. 10.56 p.m. It's not, a, well, it's adventure time for two more years. Guys, it's just over an hour into the podcast, which means it's time for my... Secret question. You secret got the secret question. question. 
Dude, I, I, this song gets better every week. Every <laughs> week. I love it. Uh, so tonight we talked about Luke Cage and his evolution throughout comics. What has changed? What has been consistent? What we liked? What we didn't like? We got to learn about his relationship with Iron Fist. And we bet you didn't know that he knocked up Jessica Jones. Guess what? Now you do. Uh, gearing up for the Netflix Luke Cage series. Guys, I want to ask you. If there's one thing from the comics you read that you would love to see in the Netflix series, what is it and why? And we're going to go in reverse order. We're going to go with Casey because I love oh. that face right there. It's the you face always of being start with stumped. me. Yes, <laughs> face of back, being buddy. stumped. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, I want to I wanna see him start up the hero for hire business, Ooh. you know? I mean, listen, you could go with the easy answer. You could be like, give me that Iron Fist team up. Where, you know, where is it? But you know what? Heroes for Hire, man. Even if he starts it as like an urban outreach thing, something that really gets into the, to the core of doing right for the community, mm -hmm. I'm all about it. And you could expand it into something more. That's awesome. You could have him with a legal sponsorship at Murdoch and Nelson, which probably doesn't exist after season two of Daredevil, but a man mm. can dream. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Dude, that's an awesome answer. Listen, that's you good. gotta, you gotta, you gotta get to the important things. I mean, there's still four more options, so I bet one of you guys is gonna say yellow silk, but I'm not particular. <laughs> I'm not particular. All right, and we're gonna jump over to Dave. Well, thanks for calling me out, Casey. I don't see the yellow silk shirt. Yellow silk. <laughs> <laughs> thanks a lot, oh, sorry, Casey. I was say Iron Fist. Asshole. Um, I would like to see the yellow silk shirt, but. Because we already we know we're gonna get the tiara, we know we're gonna get like the bracers going on. You know what I mean? We know we're gonna see that. So the yellow sh silk shirt, you know, maybe like, maybe he's not wearing it, but a girl he just recently beds is wearing it when she walks into the room. Ooh, you know, oh. or that'd be cool. Or possibly the scene that um, Jason was talking about, where he just like bangs a chick. By the way, my name is so and so, and it's like, <laughs> all right. You know, <laughs> or, like it, or like it's a, it's like, oh, my name is this. And he's, he's just like, get a cab. And she like just <laughs> leaves with her shirt. And he's just like, I don't need it anyways. <laughs> and it's a yellow that shirt. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, do the, they do the same bit like when Jessica Jones had her jewel costume. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. It's like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be great. Although uh, technically we did see the sex scene with Jessica Jones and Luke Cage. So never mind. Yeah, we did. Totally. Yeah. Did. It was a mm -hmm. good, good um, scene. You can have another one. It's fine. It's, it's it's Netflix. Doesn't matter. They can do it. Um, do Chris, it. what about you, my friend? So in my run, um, he kind of like takes this young kid under his wing. His name is Troop, and this one episode where Troop ends up in a bad neighborhood, um, and he's attacked by a guy dressed as the jankiest Thor I've ever seen. Basically, okay. looks like like almost like a trash can on his stomach, and he's holding like a uh, he's holding like a sledgehammer in one hand and like a regular hammer in the other hand. <laughs> it was like maybe the funniest thing I've ever seen in a comic. Um, Cause the dude, he, I don't think he had any power. He just was trying to hold this kid up with a regular hammer, basically being like <laughs> a drunk um, DIY Thor. That's great. Big fan, big fan. <laughs> uh, there's something, something like that. I think it was next wave. Wasn't it Casey? 
where it has like the Captain America, but instead of having an actual, it was, I don't remember what it was. But instead of having the shield, he just had a trash can that was painted as the Captain oh, America shield. Oh, it was the uh, it was Four Bushman's Avengers team. Yeah. Yep. Yep. That's what it was. That was great. Oh God, what was that guy's name? I don't remember. I'm not gonna dwell on it. Oh. But it was fucking awesome. It was good. Um, Jason. This is a ne- uh, message for Netflix. You better open oh. with titties. Uh. <laughs> if you don't, <laughs> you got to change it. <laughs> the other thing you got to do is make sure that Sasha Baron Cohen dresses Ali G, does all of his stunts. <laughs> it needs to happen. <laughs> Pay the man whatever you want. You have two days. That's great. Um, that, this Max book has changed you, man. Yeah, no, my 30 year old child brain doesn't can't handle it. I just need <laughs> it to be in every version now. Oh. Um, I have to read this now. Like after we end, I'm going to like jump on your run, dude, and read this shit. This sounds great. Look at the Magic Mike cover and just straight on. Yep, <laughs> Magic Mike, throw it all in there. That's mm-hmm. what I want to see. No, just um, <laughs> it, it, it's it's going to be cool to see. You know, he's gonna he's a time chameleon, right? So. He's going to be adapted to what we currently have. It's funny. As I was making the overlay for this episode, um, I was doing it at work. I was just doing it on my computer. And I got the, like, I, I'm trying to, I got all the different covers going on for, for Luke Cage. And I got one of the, one of the abs. And all of the girls that walked by were like, ooh, what are you doing? <laughs> it's like, it's, it's a comic book. Leave it alone. And they're like, oh, it looks kind of good. Novel. And I'm just like. Yeah, keep moving along, and then I that, and you won't, can't even see it on the overlay now because I put I covered up the abs. I was tired of hearing about the abs. I covered them up. You Cover your abs it. up. <laughs> Bad Cody Funky now with one hundred percent more abs. Oh yeah, you should have gotten um, upset and be like, "Real men have curves." God damn it! <laughs> My eyes are up here. Come on, sixty-nine um, episodes without a single ab. <laughs> now we have all the abs. <laughs> now we've all. For me, I I want and, and as Casey call it, I want Iron Fist to show up in this. I want a little bit of a team up because we know he's coming. We know it's happening. Uh, I think it's is it next year or the year after is Iron Fist. I think it's next year. I hope it's next year. Otherwise, I'm going to be very sad. They uh, just got to keep rolling them out. We they already teased me in uh, Daredevil season two with what I thought was going to be an Iron Fist appearance and was not. So have you, have you guys, I know Casey and Dave has seen season two. Chris and Jason, have you seen season two of Daredevil yet? Yeah, yeah. Yes, I have. So remember when like they have all those like junkies essentially and they're like draining their blood for mystical reasons? Yep. Uh, One yeah. of them, um, it, like there's a rich guy that's looking for his son. Yep. Mm-hmm. The rich kid's name was Daniel. Oh. That's Iron Fist's first name. Oh. So when I saw that, I was like, oh my God, no, oh we're not God. doing this again. Yeah, you know Casey. Because I messaged Casey, he was like, it's Iron Fist. And he was like, no, it's not. I was like, it has to be. And then I watched a couple episodes no. and it wasn't because I think the kid ends up dying anyways. But I was like, what a crazy coincidence that it's <laughs> what a it could have been in the Marvel Universe that's tied into this Netflix series and his name is Daniel and there's some listen. like mystical element to him. Listen, mm. listen. I'm, I'm not saying that Iron Fist being a purified version of a, of a hand ninja resurrection <laughs> leading to his rebirth in Kunlun as a great story. But you're you're off you're you're out of your tree, man, on this one. That was oh my god. 
I can't believe you reminded me that you were thinking of that. Uh, dude, like, it was, like, literally the because <laughs> I watched that episode, and you're like, oh, you're going to like what happens in this episode. So I was, like, scanning every second of it. And I was just like, where is it? Where is it? Where is it? And I don't even remember what it was, in all honesty, that you were like, oh, you're going to really like that. Um, yeah. But it was just like, I saw that, and immediately everybody was like, Iron Fist. And then, like, they haven't, I don't think they, I think they just casted him shortly after that came out or something like that. But for me, it's going to be Iron Fist appearance. Whether it be an allusion to it or like they meet and they just like nod, there's like the whole like head nod and just like move on or something like that. <laughs> Anything, I'll be super happy about. What well, if it ends with or, like Luke Cage starting Heroes for Hire, right? And he's mm-hmm. sitting in his office, like, yeah, whatever. And the door swings open, bell goes off, ding, ding. And he walks in and it's like, yeah, I'm here for the job position. And it just that's where it ends. <laughs> First oh, name Iron, God. last name Fist. And it en- and it Fist. ends with the John Cena. Bah, 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 bah. <laughs> Did you guys hear that uh, Mark Millar, who wrote like Wanted, Kick Ass, all that stuff? Um, he has a book called Superior. He wants John Cena as the hero for that. I was Are reading that the other day. Me? How did he reveal that he wants that? Uh, I don't know Twitter or something. Uh, I didn't read that far. I'm I'm like on a love hate relationship with love, with Mark Millar because like. He gets into his own hype. Like, the first issue of anything he writes is fucking awesome. And then he buys into his own hype too much. I kind of wish I was egotistical enough to be my own hype man. Yeah, you don't. (laughs) You'd be a much worse off human being. Uh, But with all that being said, guys, that's all the time that we have for tonight. For the Bad Coyote Funky Podcast, issue number 70. Guys, thank you so much for hanging out with us tonight. We appreciate it, as always. Tonight, we had the Bearded Menace, Dave. I can't cast that here. And Dave, uh, tell us all about your Twitch channel. So, my Twitch channel is, of course, Dave the Bearded Menace. You can catch me every Wednesday night at 10.30 Eastern, where I play a horror game for my show called Nightmares and Horrors. I skipped this week just so I can start a good game on... uh, in October for just for Halloween. Should I tell him what it is, Greg? Maybe think uh, if you want, man. If you want to ruin the surprise, you know what? No, I'll stick too. with the surprise. You guys just have All to right. tune in this Wednesday at ten thirty Eastern, coming up this October. Uh, I should have the date pulled up because I don't, but I don't because I'm a loser. Uh, whatever, whatever this upcoming Wednesday is. That, yeah, whatever this upcoming Wednesday be. is, that I'm not totally looking up on my iPhone right now. What? No, October fifth. Ah, so, yeah. yeah. October remember, 5th, remember definitely tune in for a October. surprise <laughs> game I'm playing for Nightmares and Horrors on twitch.tv slash Dave the Bearded Menace. Yeah. And we had Chris joining us. Oh, hey. And Chris, remind us where everyone can find you on the interwebs. Uh, you can find me all over the place at Nortelius, N-O-R-T-E-L-L-I-U-S. That's, that's it's true. Me. I sometimes email his random email addresses and they go through. He just guesses it and it ends up happening. It, it hits me. <laughs> and we had Jason joining us as well. Thanks for joining. Thank you. Yeah. And, and I know you're building up your Twitch channel a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. You want to talk Escape about that? Velocity Jason is the, uh, the title. Also, you guys can find me in the Bible. <laughs> <laughs> Against the Argonauts, I believe. That's right. I'm looking for some um, and Casey Bible. and TV's. I always forgot you almost forgot your call sign, Casey. Serge wishes you would. <laughs> and TV's Casey. Thank you. Yeah, Thank you. welcome back, buddy. We we love having you back. Uh, 
get, remember, you can listen to us each and every Thursday night live at twitch.tv slash badcowdyfunky. Uh, each different week, we have a different topic. It's a good time. Uh, we Next week's going to be Luke Cage. Week after that, who knows? Guys, thank you so much again for tuning in with us. We will see you next time. Or we'll see you another time. Or, or never. Yes. Someone's got to do Victory. it.